Today's episode of Outside the Rack is brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of the GymAware. In today's world of strength and conditioning, data collections become the utmost of importance, and that's exactly where GymAware separates itself from the competition. Because when we're sitting there and looking to collect data, what data are you actually collecting? And are the numbers you're looking at fitting into the exercises that you're utilizing? And even more so, are they going to answer the questions that you're looking for? Looking at different ways that you are moving the barbell through peak and mean, both velocity and power, is really what separates GymAware from the competition. Being able to understand what your ballistic exercises are doing separate to what your strength exercises are doing really allows you to program at a much more specific level for your athletes. So hop on over to kinetic.com.au to see what Evan and his team have in store for you today. The world of strength and conditioning is filled with some fantastic practitioners that are always searching for more. But more what? What are strength and conditioning coaches searching for to better their ability to prepare their athletes? Well, what about cutting-edge information or a place where you can find different opinions from forward-thinking coaches on what you're doing, how you're doing, and try to get feedback to be better for your athletes? Or what about a place where you'll find like-minded coaches that can provide solid coaching advice and career development for you as you progress through your career as a strength and conditioning professional? Well, this is exactly why we built the Strength Coach Network. You'll have access to exclusive monthly content on top of the sensationally active forum that we have where you can communicate with coaches all over the world to find those answers that you're looking for to help you be a better practitioner for your athletes. So make sure you hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash CVASPS, that's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S, and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the 48th episode of Outside the Rack, brought to you by Kinetic Performance, the makers of GymAware. In this show, we're just going to try to dive a little deeper into the minds of some of the top practitioners of the world of sport performance, to learn a little bit more about who they actually are, and how they got to where they are today. Today, we are joined by the Assistant Coordinator of Strength and Conditioning at Old Miss, Chaz Ossenheimer. Chaz, thanks for being with us, brother. What's up, Juicy J? Happy to be here, man. Man, stoked to have you, brother. Thanks for having really, me. Yeah, man, fired up for this. Always great to catch up, even though both yep. of us right now are sitting in 2,000 degrees and 126% humidity. Um, right. Before we get going too far, my man, Who's Chaz Ossenheimer? Dude, that's a uh, – <clears throat> I'm sure a lot of people have probably said this, man. That's, like, one of the hardest questions ever to answer. I mean, even if you, like, Google it, there is no – there's no right answer, right? So, I mean, I guess I'll start off with that. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a husband to my wife, Tori. Uh, she is a coach's wife, full and full, man. She's moved everywhere with me. She's supported me, literally and financially, so that I can <laughs> – so I can do this job, uh, the job that I love doing. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a dad to my first kid, uh, Hayden. She turns uh, six months today. Uh, she's actually down napping. That's why I'm out here in the garage. And uh, I got a seven-year-old son, Duncan. He's a boxer, uh, a dog, a boxer dog, not, a, not like a real boxer athlete. But, uh, you know, so family first, man. Uh, it's one of the biggest reasons I came to Ole Miss uh, after my stint at Baylor uh, was because it was very family oriented and uh, you know they were providing me with only having to work with two teams and you know I know a lot of us say that 
that whole work-life balance doesn't really exist, but I would, uh, I would debate that it can, because uh, I, I feel like I'm a living proof of that, where, you know, I work a lot of hours in, in season when our, my teams are in season and whatnot, but I also get a lot of time to be able to spend with my wife and my kid, uh, and just at home in general, and seeing family on vacations and things like that. And uh, for me, that's the most important aspect of my life is being able to spend as much time with my family as much as I can. Um, you know, secondly, man, I think I'm pretty lighthearted. I think I've got a, I think I have a decent sense of humor. Uh, so I've been told and I think humor is the best medicine in the world. I think it, uh, it bringing smiles to people's faces and, and laughter, I think cures a lot of problems uh, in the forefront. And, uh, you know, I feel like that's something that's important to me too, is making people around me feel comfortable and, and being positive and uh, just, you know, having a lot of different feathers in the cap, um, you know, being able to adapt to different environments and situations with different people and, and working with people is super important to me. And I think like that's why I've, I've been able to be so successful at Ole Miss for so long is, is uh, that's kind of the environment everyone is here where everyone just wants to work together. And uh, it's super important to me to be in that kind of environment. And uh, kind of lastly, I think uh, who, who I am is, uh, yeah, I like to work with my hands a lot and, uh, you know, hobbies, uh, woodworking and things like that and getting outside and sports in general. So yeah, I think that's kind of who I am in a nutshell. That's awesome, brother. And it's, you know, we, we talk to a lot of, it's really funny how many people I get to talk to that like somehow, some way at some point have that Baylor connection. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge family. Huge. I mean, gosh, cause I mean, when I was there for two years, you know, we probably had at least, 10, 15 interns a semester, right? Uh, and so, you know, and that's not the same ones every semester as, you know, new ones. And those, all of those coaches, I would say 95% of those interns have gone on to be full-time strength and conditioning professionals in some form or fashion, whether it's high school or private or collegiate or professional or overseas. I mean, gosh, man, that's probably been – uh, that's been a huge part of, of my career was being at Baylor. So that's, yeah, it, it would make sense that you would, a lot of connections there. I mean, a lot of people started there and went through that program. So it's pretty that's fortunate. A, yeah, man, that's, that's awesome. And as a guy who, you know, another thing that I would say is like you're, you're a real forward thinking coach. I mean, you're one of the first people to really get in and looking at jumps and volleyball and those sort of things. So this first question is really exciting for me as the nerd, you know, that I am. I'd love for you to describe a learning situation that brought about an epiphany in your career. Gosh, man, I, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can think of like one specific situation, but I look back on, I've been doing this since 2009. I started off at UCF and I feel like the epiphany in my career that really elevated my game was my two years at Baylor working with Coach Cause and Coach Caton and Coach Walls, Matt Staff, who showed me, you know, but when I got to Baylor, my biggest, you know, I, I thought it was all about sets and reps. You know, that's what I was taught. Uh, it's kind of how I was brought up. It was like, hey, you just do your job and you do it the best that you can do. You just worry about the weight room, worry about strength and conditioning, make sure you're doing, you know, things from a scientific principle standpoint. 
So when I got to Baylor, I thought, you know, I had a pretty good grasp. You know, I, I was a full-timer at Eastern Illinois. I just got finished my master's at Southern Illinois. You know, I had some time at UCF. You know, so I go into Baylor and I felt pretty confident that I could handle my business and I could, I could fit in and, and do a good job. And man, it was so overwhelming that first six months because I found out that what was most important at Baylor wasn't sets and reps. And what was most important was all the intangibles that were around our athletes. Uh, you know, the mental game, faith, um, teaching kids good habits, like what is a habit and how do you change it? Uh, nutrition, uh, creating relationships outside of the weight room and athletics in general. I mean, the respect that these kids all had for these coaches when I got there was something that I have never seen before. And it wasn't because they went to the weight room and had the best program of anybody in the nation. I mean, they did a good job of programming, but like, it wasn't anything special. It wasn't anything that's groundbreaking. They did the basics of the basics. And they did them so incredibly well. But what was more important to me and, and watching them and seeing how they interact was like the, co the conversations that they had with their athletes was not about what their squat form looked like. It, was, it wasn't about, you know, finishing through a line all the time. I mean, there were those, there were those conversations, but the conversations they were having were about their faith, uh, whether it be in Christ or, or whatever it is that they believed in having those tough conversations and talking about, uh, you know, their families, uh, their moms or dads, were they raised with their moms only? Were they, you know, raised by a single parent? Did they even have family? Were they raised by uncles, aunts, grandmas? I mean, gosh, man, when I got to Baylor, I mean, the, the crazy part was is that football team was skyrocketing into a top five in the nation and their Olympic sports was – all of their Olympic sports were winning big 12 championships. And so it wasn't like, uh, you know, everyone's focused on football there and that's, what's going to be successful. I mean, gosh, like Candace Walls was the director of Olympic sports there at the time. And she had the Olympic sports humming. I mean, you know, little things like going to talk to a coach that I didn't even work with. Like I didn't work with golf at all. Right. But every couple of weeks, it would be my job to go and meet with a golf coach and, get to know them and just socialize and talk to them. And that was one of my strengths was, was is talking with people and interacting and connecting. And she had us do that where every week we went and met with two or three different coaches, you know, whether it be the coaches you work with or not, like that, when I see things, when I saw things like that, it was an epiphany to my career of it's so much more than sets and reps. I mean, it was, it was more than just passion. It was, it was way more than just a job for those guys. It was incredible. I, I would say after my two years there, those guys, I mean, 95% of what I do is influenced by what I saw them do. I mean, I wanted to be those guys. I wanted to be Coach Caton, Coach Cos, Coach Walls, that whole staff, that crew, Coach Altoff and them and Coach Roof when they were there. And I was, and it was that they were my epiphany. Them as a staff collectively whole, watching them work for those two years was my epiphany to being who I am today, uh, more than just sets and reps. If that, that uh, I don't know if that, that tangent goes off too far, but that's kind of what I think about when I, when I think about that question.
No, man, a thousand percent. And I think that, again, you know, going back to that whole, there's a lot of people that I run into from Baylor. It's like, when you name the names, like you just said right there, it's like, and you look at like where they are now and like what they've done. Right. It's like, holy right. freaking cow. Like all our staff right there. Right. Like, could I have had a better staff to learn from as a young professional? And that's like, and, and you didn't even mention Nelly. Was he there when you were there or was Josh Oh there? yeah. yeah. He was, you know what? He wasn't, he was an intern my first yeah. year there. He was an intern. Yeah. And now look at what he's doing at Penn right, State. Right, look what he's doing. Like, <laughs> he was one of their interns. Like, I mean, that's what that's that's what's crazy is like, and Candace Walls was in charge of the intern program, right? And her and I tackled that together, but I mean, I give her all the credit. I don't, I probably slowed it down and made it worse because I was really, I was an idiot then, but gosh, but like, that's what she developed. Like, she took these great young-minded professionals as interns and motivated them to work for free for a semester maybe two and then helps get them a you know get a job well Nelly's for example though he worked his way up the ladder within the family you know and takes over applied sports performance and then goes and does it at Penn State I mean yeah uh Will Will Baggett he's uh he's huge he's a big time now in college football and with the college football playoff system and Chick-fil-A and, and does goes around the country and talks to universities about leadership. He was an intern. He's huge now in the industry uh, of his particular industry. He's, uh, he's a ginormous figurehead now in that social media and leadership and, and professional development. I mean, gosh, dude, that guy was an intern when I was at Baylor. It's so incredible, cool. man. It's incredible it's what they did there. It's so cool, man. That's just it so really awesome. is, and I'm super blessed. Uh, you know, it was hard too. I mean, I only spent two years there, but I mean, you got what you paid for too, right? Like, I mean, we didn't. They didn't get to that point where they were just by working eight to five. I mean, now that was definitely not a work-life balance they had. I mean, all their wives were stay-at-home, stay-at-home moms, and they had kids, and you know, that was pretty tough, man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would have had the fortitude to be able to do that with a kid. That would have been really hard. I mean, we worked a lot. We worked a lot. And it was, it was worth it, man. The two years that I was there, like I said, I, it's influenced me so much. At the same time, you, you gave a lot of yourself to that university and that staff and doing what we had to do to get to where they were. I mean, it was, it was, uh, that was a grind, man. That was tough. And I'm thankful for it because it taught me what that really means to really, really work hard. I mean, really work hard, uh, not just like on the floor, but just in general of creating relationships. So the good and the bad, man, it was all super, super relative to me and made me who I am today as a strength coach. That's awesome, man. I love that. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, then let's jump to number two. So I'm actually – Again, like an inquisitive guy, I'm excited to see what you have to say with this. If you could ask one question, Chaz, and you know you're going to get the answer, what would that be and why, brother? Uh, what are the Powerball numbers next week? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, you're not wrong. I don't think yeah, anybody would, would say no to that. <laughs> that would be a pretty good question to ask right now. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you know what, man, to be like – 
and I don't want to like go into this huge rabbit hole and and step on toes, man. But philosophically, you know what I would want to know is how did everything begin? Like everything, like all the way back to where we came from, this galaxy came from, where did Earth come from? How did it get here? How did everything start? I mean, I know that's probably a controversial question to ask during this period of time, but I don't know, man. Just, that stuff like really fascinates me. I, I, uh, you know, whether you believe, whether one believes in evolution or if you believe in Adam and Eve, like doesn't really matter. There's no, I don't believe there's a right or wrong answer of what you believe and when you believe what you believe, but I would be so curious to know that if what we know now isn't even like the tip of the iceberg of what we really came from, uh, you know, I don't know. That kind of stuff fascinates me a little bit. No, I dig it, man. I, I definitely dig the first question, but I dig the second <laughs> one too, you know, like. I mean, yeah, I know. It's like, where do we, where do you go from that? Like, how do you follow up with that? Like, yeah. you're like, like I just see you over there going like, oh my gosh, dude, like, I don't want to talk about that. Like, <laughs> But no, 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 like I, I dig it because I think that like, especially with what we do, I think there's a lot of things that we could do better when it comes to sports if we actually understand and can like start to map out how people are changing and like understanding like how these things occur and stuff, not just like, oh, well, if you perform X reps of Y, at z percent in this is the mitochondrial density change like no like how are people actually changing like i think that that could be huge yeah are you i mean are you like even referring to like spiritually like oh thousand percent you know i mean yeah man that stuff just blows my mind like i i can't i, I don't even know if we can even comprehend it if we were even told the answer, if it would be one of those, like they would tell us the answer, you know, this almighty person, give us the answer. And then your head just literally explodes. I just, that's what I see happening. <laughs> like you, we can't even comprehend the answer to this. You know, it's, I don't know. It's pretty far out there. I know. No, man, but I, I dig it. I dig it. But listen, you know, you were touching upon something before where you talked about work-life balance, putting all the thing, all the effort that people had to do down at Baylor. And so I'm actually yeah. intrigued for the last one. Well, that's what's Chaz's escape. Uh, I would probably say woodworking. I love building things from scratch. Uh, you know, things for the house. I like fixing things around the house. I like working with my hands. I like problem solving. Uh, I don't know why, but having a beer in my hand and problem solving with a, you know, 10 inch circular saw at the same time is, <laughs> is something that's kind of fun about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I was really good at math when I was a kid. Actually, before I got into strength and conditioning, I was an architecture major. And I did architecture for my first two years in college. And actually, I really liked it a lot uh, in terms of like designing houses. Like I did an internship with Darden Restaurants. I helped out with like designing Red Lobsters and Olive Gardens and Bahama Breezes when they were under that umbrella and stuff like that. And it was a lot of fun. And then my next internship was with like as a draftsman. And I had to sit in this cubicle for 10 hours a day over the summertime. And I didn't get to talk to anybody. And I just sat on this computer. I think that's when I kind of, that's when I realized like, this isn't for me because I'm, I need social interaction. Like I need to be around other human beings or I'll just fall into this deep, dark hole of an abyss. And 
I'll never get out of it. I need social interaction. I need to be around other people. And that's when I realized that it wasn't what I wanted to do. But what I've kind of come to realize, though, is like the math and learning angles and how to problem solve has carried over to, you know, we, um, my father-in-law and I, we built a farmhouse table for the house. So I've, I've built an entryway table to the house. Uh, you know, I've rebuilt two decks in our backyard. Uh, not that one fell apart and had to redo it, but like literally we have two separate decks in the backyard. Um, you know, just like fixing things. Like, I think there's like a pride part to that. Like knowing, you know, yeah, I can take care of my household. And, you know, I, there are certain things that I certainly will outsource. If it has anything to do with electricity, I'm going to outsource that because I don't know anything about electricity. Uh, but, you know, for me, like just, you know, if my wife knows that I'm, I'm stressed out about something or she's got a really good feel. She's a therapist, uh, more for uh, addiction, alcohol and drugs and things like that. But she's got like a really good sense of when I'm, when I'm feeling overwhelmed or stressed, as much as I try to hide it when I come home, you know, I'll try to just kind of bury it and not bring work home or problems, things like that. But she'll, if she knows it and kind of feels it, she'll, she'll like come up with a project for me and ask me to work on it like over the weekend or something. So like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I think we found out our kid had like a cyst on her head and she was gonna have to just get it removed. I kind of like stressed me out a little bit. And she like out of nowhere, she's like, hey, why don't you, I really could use some uh, shiplap up in our laundry room. Why don't you put that up for me? You can use the nail gun and my, my, my dad will bring the nail gun down, drop it off and you can use it and just, you know, like for me, that was a fun little weekend project in my mind off everything and kind of cleared me, resetted me almost. I just, for me, that's kind of my getaway. I like to do things with my hands and work and, and it, nothing is good enough to sell. So it's more just like personal at home, me and my wife, memories type stuff. Yeah, but that's awesome, man. That's something that I've talked to quite a few people that are pretty inclined in situations like that. I can tell you that did not touch me in the least bit. I don't have the, <laughs> I, I, I am so far removed from that. So when people talk about like, I did this project or that project and fixed this room or that room, I'm so like, that sounds so cool. I would just burn my house down. <laughs> <I would> just... <laughs> well, so, and I know, I know this is like part of the podcast, but like, what's your, has anyone asked like, what is your, what's your getaway? What do you like to do when you get away? My best thing right now is just to get out and walk with the dog, like just to, yeah. to go away. Um, Simple. Yeah. You know, and I'd also, yeah. I'd be a liar. Like if I didn't say training was a big part of it, you know, I think that a lot of us, sure. you know, I think that a lot of us do this cause we like to lift weights and stuff too. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, man. I, I think that those are really the two big ones. It's like, I just like to go, walk with the dog and just be away in, in that um yeah at least I that's I'd like, like to, i think i'd like to walk my dog more if it wasn't like 110 degrees down here in mississippi you yeah know? like right now it's hot like, we went yesterday like so hot dude yeah like we, we do a 5k a day right now just wow. walking and it's like wow it's like, dude, it was 95 yesterday when we were doing it. And I'm just like, dude, we're either going to do this or we're not. And then, you know, there's part of also like the meathead accountability part to it where it's like, 
we have to do this. Right. And, you know, she right, likes right, it. Right. You know, like she, she right. gets outside and all this and that. Um, I'm a movie nerd, like to a fault, too. Like, that's the other thing. Okay, like, didn't know that. Yeah. Didn't know that. I'm like a big movie nerd. Like, what's your go to genre? What do you like the most? Oh, God. I like anything that probably won't happen in real life, to be totally honest. <laughs> like, nice. Like, it just. Yeah, it just has to be an escape. Like if it's yeah. if you're going to the theater, and I say this, like I'm I'm I can get into conversations about plot and all this, but I judge movies on a yes no scale. Like I'm, you yeah. know, like I'm just binary with this. Yeah, sure. Was it worth twenty dollars for that amount of entertainment? <laughs> and more often than not, the answer is yes. I mean, like nice. it, dude, I mean think about it. Like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a stupid movie. But it's definitely worth twenty dollars for that two hours of entertainment, right? Absolutely, man. Absolutely, yeah. it's a it's a great escape mentally. Laughter, right? Laughter. We all love laughter, man. Oh yeah, but I mean, like anything that's kind of like things, and, and I, I mean, let me change that a little bit. Things that like wouldn't necessarily be in our world. So even like like war movies or things like that, or even like gangster movies, like yeah. things that could actually happen, but like, yeah, it's not going to happen. It, you know, the VCU Richmond basketball game, like that's more, but then, you know, if I watch a sports movie, there's times I look at that and I'm just like, like any given Sunday, I'm like, this is so whack. Like this isn't cause you know, cause you're so attached to like what the world right. is really like. You're like, this is so not real. I, I actually got sucked into, I feel like I could relate, like I just got sucked in this morning into War of the Planet of the Apes. Awesome. This morning, my kid was napping for her first nap and it was on TV and I'm like, ah, you know what, I haven't seen this in a while. And I watched it and I couldn't keep my eyes off. I was like, oh my gosh, this is nuts. Like, yeah. you know, it's so far away from reality, but it's, it's not, maybe not too far away. I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Oh, no, but, like, so I've got a family of nerds. Like, we're all nerds. Like, my sister's a PhD in history. My brother-in-law's a PhD in history. And he's as big of a Star Wars nerd as I am. And luckily, so are his children. So, like, right now, like, what we're doing, I mean, obviously, you can't be in Ohio and Virginia at the same time yet. But um, we're watching, like, going through all the Clone Wars cartoons. Like, yeah, and it's just, like, this is awesome. Like I'm watching, watching yeah. air quotes with my nephew, like, yeah, you know, and it's, it's, that's the escape stuff. Like. Those are memories too, man, that your nephew will never forget, man. Those are types oh, yeah. of memories that won't be forgotten. Like, yeah, man, I remember watching, you know, Star Wars clones, my uncle and stuff like that. It was fun. You know, just never forget that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. Well, and it's great too, because like, <laughs> My brother-in-law is something else. Like, this guy is something else. Like, he, yeah. he should have his own podcast and just tell us stories from him growing up. They're hilarious. But, like, yeah. he's kind of, like, passive-aggressively, like, combative in arguments. And my nephew is kind of right. like that as well. So it's like we're talking about characters. He's like, <laughs> you just can, like, hear him, like, dig knives in when he, he says something that he doesn't <laughs> quite agree with. And it's just, yeah. It's awesome, man. You know, it's just fun. <laughs> How old is he? How old is your nephew? Gosh, he's six. Oh, my gosh. So there's, like, no filter. It's just, it's oh. just straight at you. Oh, I mean, more water than Niagara Falls. Yeah, That's it's awesome. just, like, That's coming awesome. up. 
That's awesome, man. Yeah. I look forward to those type of days, to be yeah, honest. It's, yeah. it's the best. But yeah. Well, listen, Chaz, I appreciate you, brother. It's great to catch up. I'm glad things are good. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate brother. It. We'll be in touch real soon, man. Cheers. Yes, sir. Back at you.